Hello and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name's Denise Ferguson from Fine Today's and today I'm here with Stephanie. Hi Stephanie, how are you? Hello, doing well, thank you. Awesome. So Stephanie, what's your business called and what do you do? So my business, well, I have a membership site and it's called the Art Flow Lounge. It's where we go to flow and lounge and do arty things. <laughs> so I what like do it. I what yeah. things are you talking about? So um, well, my my you know more official stuff is I'm a licensed mental health counselor and art therapist and expressive arts therapist and a yoga teacher. So in my clinical work, I use all those modalities to help people with their trauma and life transitions, things like that. But in the art flow lounge, we get to use it like for stress reduction and to have fun and find our joy and um, you know discover ourselves, work on ourselves. So we use um, visual art, which is I'm focusing on like process art. Okay, so you don't have to be an artist. Um, it's like I I talk about it like you just you're just making marks on paper. We're not trying to be you know whoever Van Gogh. <laughs> we can be Picasso. We can, that, that that can work. Um, and then yoga, you know, I am a yoga teacher, but I am not a yoga teacher that is like bendy, blah, blah, blah. I'm the yoga teacher that, you know, if you say I'm not flexible, I can't do headstands, all the things, right? Um, so, and then writing, of course, and meditation. So I think, I feel like I'm the person that said, you know, like helps people that says they can't do those things or those things don't work for them. Because what I do is I break it down into like 10 to 15 minute size bites. And I say, start with a one inch square. So we do, um, I have a lot of videos and things in my membership site and people can just go in and do a 10 minute art thing or a five minute um, visualization, things like that. So that's what oh, we do. I love that. that sounds like a beautiful space to be in. What made yeah. you create this membership? What was your journey towards that? So... Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's a whole thing, right? But I became, I started using the arts because I had a fire when I was like 23 years old. I, I was a waitress and I drove home from work and my apartment was on fire, like literally. Flames right. coming out the window, window shattering, just like the movies, but real. And I just stood there and like, I could feel kind of myself rip open. And after that happened, I couldn't stop crying. And I had always been kind of like this, like just work, you know, go be tough, do the thing, don't have any feelings, just move forward in life, right? Well, after I couldn't quit crying, a friend of mine that was a bartender at the restaurant I worked at said, I think we should have a drink at that. <laughs> I agree. Cheers. Um, she said, you know, I think you should go to therapy. And I didn't know what that was. So anyway, long story, I, I started in therapy. Um, I had one and then I moved with a movement therapist and I started discovering that I was connected to the arts and through a long series of things, I ended up becoming an artist. I went to get my bachelor's in art and then I was a professional artist for many, many years and teach, taught and facilitated. So along, these, along the way, I was gathering all these tools, right? Like the yoga and the meditation, like my undergrad was at a Buddhist college. And I decided in my 40s to go back and get my master's in art therapy and counseling. So after I graduated for the last five years, I have responded to natural and human caused disasters through a therapeutic arts program. So like all the shootings we have and, you know, earthquakes, all the things. So I was doing that and it was a lot. And then the pandemic hit, right? And full caseload, you know, to the wall. 
And I was like, I, first of all, want to help more people. And second of all, I want to have fun doing it. Not that my work isn't fun, but it's heavy, you know? And so I wanted to create a space where people could come. There was no pressure for things to look a certain way or be a certain way. Um, you can just show up, do a little bit of self-care, you know, try some things you've maybe never tried before. I kind of have a mix of people. I have a lot, I do have a lot of art therapists in there, um, you know, some psychologists. And I love that because it shows me people are working on themselves and we need to be, and then they're, they're filling their cups up. Right. So that's the, one of the big motivators, like, how can I bring this, how can it be more accessible? You know, it's not therapy, but it is something that you could take to therapy with the information that you gained, right? Because when you do this kind of work, you, things come up, you find things about yourself. And, and then once a month, we have like an hour and a half, I call it an expressive arts experience. So we do a whole hour and a half through a little journey of all the things. So it's a lot of fun. And then I have like a guest expert come every month. And like, I think next month we're doing face yoga. Face yoga. Okay, that's new on me. I know, right? Yeah, her name is Bonnie. I have her right here. Bonnie, I don't want to say her last name wrong, but uh, R-C-K-O-V-A. I don't know how you say that. I'm not saying that. I'm you. sorry, Bonnie. I'm sorry. But face <laughs> yoga with Bonnie. You'll find her because there's not a lot of them out there. No. But yeah, it's great. So I try to find, you know, fun and different and, you know, things to get us out of our comfort zone too, right? I love that. That sounds like something I need to sign up for so we can talk about that at the end. <laughs> okay. It's, it's really fun. Yeah, no, I just, I think it's so important to prioritize self-care. And I think we don't, you know, especially during the pandemic where you couldn't, so for me, I was a runner and I've had my back, so now I can't run. And um, I used to do a lot of traveling and now because of the pandemic, I can't travel. And, and I used to do, you know, I used to go out for lots of dinners now because the pandemic, I can't go out for that. I used to socialize a lot. So, you know, all of those different things that used to be part of my self-care that I never really thought of self-care, they've kind of gone now and you need to continuously replace those in order to make sure that you are still caring for yourself and you're still filling your cup up. And I speak about that an awful lot of, you know, the, the, the instructions on an airplane are there for a very good reason. You need to put your mask on first because you can't do you can't look after other people unless you look after yourself. I say this a lot and I don't live by it enough because I'm always working way too much and stressing myself out way too much and, you yes. know, not being fully there because I'm doing too many other things. And I think, you know, joining these groups and these memberships and stuff and doing the things that you wouldn't normally necessarily have access to all the time, and especially not during the pandemic, right. is such a great way to fill your cup up. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's an interesting thing, a couple of things that you said. One of them is just how much collective grief we are experiencing, even if we don't realize we're experiencing it, right? Like you just listed off quite a few things and that, that's a lot of loss, you know, and some, then we feel like, oh, well, I shouldn't feel that way because I'm not living here and they have these conditions. But the truth is your life is your life and we've lost what we've lost. And I, I think- don't think other people's suffering diminishes yours though like that exactly I, exactly I talk but about I do hear a lot too yes it's true so that's one thing right so knowing where what what do you do with that right so you've realized it a lot of people may not have realized it yet 
And so that kind of stuff can go into the work that is available in the in the lounge. Um, just because you're taking 10 minutes to be like, oh, this might be why I'm feeling kind of crappy or, oh, I'm going to do this and then it releases and then maybe I won't feel as crappy. And the other thing I want to say was, um, so there's this thing called positive resourcing, right? And because we talk a lot about self-care. So what is self-care really? There's That's a whole thing. But when we talk about positive resourcing, it's about filling our cups up before they're empty. Many times we come to the self-care after we're already empty, which it'll work, but I do encourage people to think about it before you get too empty, right? Um, and I know like in a lot of industries that are, are helping professions, people tend to just be givers and then they get burnout and it's hard to come back after burnout. So I really encourage people to put practices into place ahead of time before the big thing comes so that you're better able to handle the big thing, right? Of course, it's kind of hard to do that after what we've been through, but it is possible. And there's a lot of evidence-based research behind these arts that engaging in them for different amounts of times can reduce cortisol levels, um, increase endorphins. You know, we know all the stuff about yoga and meditation and how good it is for you, but it doesn't have to be like every day for an hour. No, and I also, God, these are all things that I talk about yeah. um, way too much and should listen to myself way more often. But <laughs> um, also the, the thing that I talk about is habit hacking too. Like, right. you know, if, if something is you, the, something that you mindlessly do, right, because it's just part of your process, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, meditating, you know, gratitude diary and, you know, exercise. Yeah and eating well you know all of those different things but if you associate that with something else like I always meditate when I lie in the bath right you know those sorts of things then they become habits and you just do them and they become completely mindless and they become part of your routine and then you are continuously filling up your cup without extra stress right if you can do that for yourself it makes life so much easier even if you do walking meditation whereby mm -hmm. you take the dog out for the walk you have to take the dog out for a walk anyway so yeah. you then do walking meditation you know down a specific street so you know at that time when you get to that certain cross in the road you're going to do you know meditate meditative walking from that period onwards if you give yourself all of those tools in order to be able to fit those things into your day then it's not an additional chore because additional chores is additional stress and right. that's when it becomes too hard to fit these things in it does and it can become really overwhelming you yeah. know um, that's why i really like the start with the one inch square kind of analogy right like that's really where we start and then a lot of times what happens is you get into it and then you keep going i did a workshop the other day in a membership um and someone said oh my gosh, while I was doing this, I didn't think about anything else. And I wasn't like, and I'm like, yeah, that's called the flow state, right? So when you can get into something and, and that workshop was only an hour and the actual time that we were doing that one thing that this person said that after was about 15 minutes. So it was really cool to have someone say that, you know, they didn't really know that that was the flow state. And that's kind of, a nice thing when we go there just where, where time goes away and yeah it's just us and whatever we're doing right
but it's so important for our brains to get into the flow state all the time because it's also a regenerative state as well where your brain has that time to shut everything else down and just concentrate on that one thing rather than being firing off completely because Mm -hmm. that isn't actually beneficial for our brain because it overactivates it and it really exhausts it completely one thing that you did say though that i'd love to go back to is Mm -hmm. what even is um self-care and we hear this over and over again and there's some uh memes that go around on social media all the time um that say things like self-care isn't a spa weekend away and those things drive me insane because self-care is whatever it is you need in order to fill your cup back up and if filling your cup back up is going for a spa weekend with your friends if filling your cup back up is drinking that bottle of champagne if that filling that cup back up is going for a walk in in the woods with your dog whatever self-care is for you is self-care and by diminishing other people's necessary uh way of expressing their self-care is taking self-care away and giving a hierarchy of what's good self-care and bad self-care and there is no such thing no there's not I think it's kind of like in the model of like substance use (laughs) like the do no harm or the harm reduction model yeah like what's the thing that is self-care but it's not going to hurt you as much right or that's kind of a strange take on it but I do think about that especially in the times that we've been living in where people have been, you know, locked in their homes or whatever. I don't mean to be drastic, but I know some countries has, it's literally been like that. Yeah. Um, where I live, it's just been open, free game the whole time. So that's been interesting too, right? Oh yeah, no, it hasn't been here at all. We've been yeah. locked up several times. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can't, that's a lot. So yes, self-care is anything that helps you self-care. I agree with that. And 100%. I think I think when people say that they want to be like you know don't run away from yourself kind of thing, right? I think that's the thinking behind that statement, but I don't know for sure. Because I don't know, a spa weekend sounds pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> I happen regularly. It is part of my self-care because it is a time when I genuinely don't think about the outside world and that used to be running for me like I would get to a certain stage of exhaustion and you know it would completely free my brain and then I would get past that freedom and then I would have amazing ideas yeah I don't have that anymore because I don't get that exhaustive thing so something else has to do in it if that's lying on a lounger in a beautiful area and having a bit of a swim and a sauna and a steam and doing all of those beautiful things and feeling really relaxed and then all of a sudden Mm-hmm. I have some amazing ideas, then I'm, I'm getting the same net result from doing a different activity. It doesn't make me better or worse than anyone else. And I think that's no. the same for other people. I mean, yeah. yeah, okay. If your version of, you know, self-care is snorting some cocaine and having some drinks, then probably the net result of that's not going to be great for you. And it's not actually going to fill your cup up, but right. it doesn't need, there doesn't need to be a hierarchy of what's good self-care and bad self-care. No. There doesn't, there doesn't need to be a hierarchy. Hierarchies are pretty damaging. We could go there, but that's going off track. But yeah, um, I could, we could go on a tangent, right? We could definitely do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. And, and I'm sorry that you hurt your back and you're having to make that adjustment to not being able to run because I know that runners really get into running when they're runners. Like I've never been a runner, but I've watched you 
and not you, but you know, runners and, um, they're you crazy runners. people. <laughs> well, no, I think it's awesome, but I can see like whatever happens when, when you run is like super makes you happy. Yeah. Oh yeah. The chemical endorphins that, you, that mm -hmm. are released is just absolutely insane. And, and it's not that we don't go through all of the different things that you guys go through when you're running. It's just yeah. that we've got to that stage where those amazing endorphins happen that yeah. we that we have that that memory of it right, that right. our body will just continue until we do whatever we've told ourselves we're going to do and then at the end we go thank oh, god that's all over and then we feel amazing for that's a set awesome. period exactly yeah. we feel amazing for a set period of time but also all of those things that i said before i get to that exhaustive state where i don't think about anything else and then i have amazing ideas so i get both you right. know I do, I get that kind of endorphin that that hormone that's you know sensational but I also get that that freedom from the life the world that we live in and the amazing usually business ideas because that's just who I am but yeah. you know all of those firing you know clarity things that we need that we don't get when we've got too much going on I get that too and I think when you associate those things together it makes you want to do that crazy, stupid thing that you just, you know, end up love doing. Yeah, that can I make, agree. You, know, you look at, you know, runners like, wow, that's that's crazy. I look at cyclists and think that looks awful to me. And they look at runners and think exactly the same. So I just, yeah. horses, horses. Yeah, I don't know. I never have been able to be a person who exercises a lot, which isn't great. But, you know, I do like the yoga but I like swimming. So I like, I think I have to like be doing something like I like to kayak or I have to like have, I don't know. I have to be doing something, but yeah, I've definitely, I used to like to hike when I lived in Colorado. So I don't know what that's about, but that's okay. It, I don't have to be an exercise. I think hiking hardcore. can be the same thing. I get, you know, I, I yeah, can't do a lot yeah. of hiking now either, but, but right. I get the same thing from hiking too. Yeah. I wish that I would have been more, but you know, you just are what you are. Right. Um, but you know, I will say that in uh, the expressive arts that I'm talking about, we do some things that help with that left and right brain connecting thing and um, strengthening that connection and uh, increasing the myelin sheath, you know, that are at the end of the little neurons up there um, through different types of drawing. Yes, through different types of movements and, and I call it mark making because when I say drawing, people are like, oh, I can't draw or I can only draw a stick figure, you know. Um, so it's movements and things like that. So it's interesting. There's so many ways to get to what you're talking about. I mean, maybe not at the intensity, but there are ways to get there and, you know, work with our nervous system in that way, right? How do we calm ourselves down or how do we downregulate? How do we upregulate? Because we don't always want to calm ourselves down. That's not always what self-care is. We need to bring it up. So I teach a lot of, or share a lot about that, you know? So what's the plan for the business? Where do you see it going? Well, I just see it growing. I mean, I want it to be, I launched in December. So I had my first, I had my founding members launch and we have 22 founding members. So that's been awesome. Um, I'm, I'm going to do my public launch in March. Um, so I hope to just keep growing it and scaling it. And I hope as it grows, I'm really feeling the pull to like be more present physically with people 
you know, that's what I really enjoy. I'm not, you know, I am of the generation where I lived for a long time without the internet and then I had the internet. So, it, you know, it's still a little bit different for me. So I find that I really enjoy like the hour and a half sessions we have online together. So I hope that I can build it to enough where I can take time from my other business to show up more uh, like this, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I see maybe a retreat when the world can open up again. Um, oh, that sounds I, amazing. Yeah, I mean, you know, an expressive arts retreat, how fun would that be? I, I mean, I really think it's limitless. I just, one of the biggest things is like describing what I do. I think that's the thing that is uh, the most interesting to try to do in the online world. So I'm doing a lot of uh, going into groups and, and doing these experiences with people so they can see what it is, you know, and then they see what it is and they're like, oh my God, this is so good or, and so cool. Or, or, you know, some people are like, this is weird or no, but you know, a lot of people are really intrigued by it and have never seen it before and things like that. So I see myself, you know, being an educator and I mean, this is kind of a little bit innovative for my field, like someone that's a therapist, right? Doing something like this in this way, because I don't know how therapy is in other countries, but here it's super regulated, lots of laws, lots of, you know, a lot. So like, I can't even bring any of that language with me into my membership, but that's kind of freeing too. You know, it's like a whole separate thing. Like this is for our well-being our community we're building a community the connections that's what i love about it because i'm definitely a social person and i miss yeah, being in I'm community not sure how regulated it is here but i find it fascinating and this this may sound quite judgmental i don't mean it no. to but i think we in england or maybe it's just me i don't know but we think of um, america as being you know a little bit lawless and not kind of you know you know kind of letting you guys get on with whatever you want and then there's certain pockets of it where you where people say things like this like I work in for the hair and beauty industry I negotiate leases for them so it you know when whenever I speak to anyone in America they're like oh you know we need a license for this and stuff like that and here we're like why would you need a license for that do you know like it's just not something that we ever do and when you say that about you know therapy or we're very regular there's lots of laws and stuff like that I, I don't think that we're um anywhere near that kind of you know regulated yeah. um if you say you're certified then you have to have like a degree and stuff like that but if you're kind of lesser um therapist then then you wouldn't but you would just have advertise yourself correctly but you saying things like that i find that fascinating about america yeah i mean what's the reason we, that they have such stipulations well because i guess you well i mean we're a capitalistic country, right? So there's always the dollar involved because here's the deal. So I go to school and get a master's degree, which is what I did, which costs a lot of money, right? So now I'm in a bunch of debt. <laughs> and then, so while you're in school, you do these internships. So you, you get about a thousand hours of one-to-one -one contact, right? In therapy, you're doing the therapy for free while paying for school. Then you graduate. And once you graduate, then you get to do about another, depending on what degree you have or you're going for, about 3,500 hours of direct client contact. And while you're doing that, you're being supervised by someone that you're having to pay to supervise you. So as of now, I've probably got, you know, at least 5,000 hours direct contact helping people through therapy. 
So why is it so regulated? I mean, after doing all this work, I, I do believe that there's an importance to having training, to having things in place because people's lives are, are delicate, you know, and depending on what you're doing, you know, but I'm doing trauma work. So that's a lot and you need to be trained, I think. So I don't know. I mean, lawsuits, um, there's a code of ethics, like we have to follow a code of ethics and literally charges can be brought on you if you don't follow these certain things. We're also mandated reporters. Um, so if we see anything pretty much anytime, anywhere, having to do with children, things like that. Or vulnerable um, people, yeah. Yeah, we, we report, you know. Um, I mean, things that we should do anyway as good human beings, right? But yeah, not but I, every... I actually do like your system of doing that. We don't have that so much here, but I, and, but I actually think it should be come in because whilst I agree with, I think everyone should do it, when it's an everyone situation yeah, other people true. think somebody else is doing it right oh but that's when true there's, yeah but when there's a core group of people that have to they are yeah. mandated to do it that's true yeah then it's that's a good point well, well i have to so yes. so you know all of those other people that think someone else is doing it i am yeah. <laughs> right so i mean it's a it's a lot of pressure you know it's a lot of things to pay attention to and then things are continually changing we have to keep up we also have to get continuing education we have to renew our licenses and all this is money everything i'm talking about so um i don't know why but it is and i think yeah there's some good things and bad things right or not so great things but i think that's why i am enjoying the 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 continuum of both sides you know, because I came into art, well, through a tragic situation, but I had so much fun with it for so long. And I taught at elementary and middle school, I taught art and I just saw how impactful it was and not just visual art, but breathing all the things. Um, and so it's just fun to bring it into a less serious situation, right? Where people can just pick and choose what they wanna do. They can share about what they did or they don't have to, they can show up to the thing or they can watch the replay. I actually record them before I don't record the live replay, but anyway, um, just because I don't, because I work very intuitively. And so like, sometimes I'll have a plan of what I'm going to do, but then when I get there in the zoom with my people, um, the mood's just not for that, Yeah. but I've been doing it long enough that I just know how to do that. So anyway. No, I get that because it's the same with the podcast for me. Like, yeah, um, I I do uh, lots of groups with people talking about, you know, how to podcast and what to do in podcasts and stuff like that. And there's there's all different moods of different people of how they do it. And there's lots and lots and lots of people who talk about how you should research the people to within the, the degree and know all about them and blah, blah, blah. And I started my yeah. podcast being very, very much like that. But I'm an absolute research whore and I know when I research people or things or anything I know everything about them and what I found that happened with that is that I would ask a question and have an expectation of an answer and that wasn't the answer that I got and then I would be like you know I love your answer but it's not as interesting as the one I found about you already so you've not <laughs> answered that so how then do I bring up the thing that you forgot to answer because there must be a reason you didn't talk about that and it's all of those different things so you know for me it was about let's start the conversation and let's see where it goes 
And that was important for me because I needed to follow my intuition throughout the conversation of where is this flowing? Not pre-designed, not researched, not, you know, I already know what the answers are and these are the things I want to get out of it. It's let's have a conversation and see where it flows. And not only has that made me feel less stressed about it and less kind of prescribed, but it's also made me a better at at doing these things and better at interviewing people because it's always kind of listening to what they've said and going you said this thing I want to talk about that more you've said this thing I want to talk about that more so right I think it's important to kind of get that energy and the feeling and know let the conversation flow let the feeling flow let the the zoom flow let the 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 meeting flow it's sometimes that's just what needs to happen I agree Yeah. And there is, I have to tell you this little tidbit that you made me think of, and I don't know where it was, but the other day, someone was telling me that they have done some research. Oh, I know it's a meditation class I'm in. Um, They're doing some research and they have found that the gut, the intuition area actually has some of the same tissue as our brain. So they're starting, you already knew this. I didn't know this. I mean, I I've learned, you know, the gut is your second mind, all those things, but I didn't know there was like literally brain matter in there. I was like, Oh man, that's a trip, but it makes sense. You know? Um, and I have a friend the other day that has some disease and she said, Oh yeah, it's like having a migraine in your, in your stomach. And then like two days later, yeah, it's called, it's kind of gross. (laughs) I'll tell you about it after, (laughs) but, um, you know, I was like, Oh, I've never heard that referred to that way. And then the next day I heard about this brain in the stomach thing. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here universe? Why are you telling me all these things? But I think that, uh, that's kind of how I move through the world. That's how I make my art. You know, I am a very intuitive painter in my own work, my more, you know, professional work. I, I feel like I do have these two sides to me that I'm always having to integrate or try to balance or, you know, the serious rule which I'm not always that but you know I do follow the rules yeah it's hard though yeah (laughs) it's it's not hard to follow the rules yeah but it's it's sometimes you know how you just feel kind of like sometimes yeah that yeah yeah and I get that you know my my world is property law and it's very you know strict and stringent and regulated and legislations and everything like that but also my other world is helping women or largely women, sorry, men, but, yeah. you know, helping people have successful salons. So, and that's all about intuition and feeling and gut and, you know, nurturing and stuff like that. And tying those th- two things together is hard sometimes, but having that, t- those two different sides of your personality, you have to feed them both. Then that's how I, I do. Feel. I do. Yeah. I think that's part of what made me want to do this, the Art Co Lounge too, you know? I really enjoy, it's making me do more art. It's making me do more yoga. It's making me do, you know, like you said, you talk about doing the self-care. And so, yeah, I'm telling my clients and then I have like seven clients back to back with a 10 minute break between each. Like that's not doing self-care, come on. But but since I started my lounge, I'm like always thinking of things and I'm like doing stuff in between clients. And I'm, so I'm, it, it feels really good. You can see the smile on my face. It feels like I've come back to life a little bit, right? By creating this, because I'm actually being able to do the things I know work for me to maintain my sanity (laughs) and my health. Love that. Yeah. So where can people find you? Um, People can find me, well, like, what do I give my my email address? My uh, 
I'm so bad at this part. <laughs> How can they join your membership? Oh, okay. They can join my membership. So the, I guess I'll give you the wait list because we're going to launch again in March. So it's www.artflowlounge.com slash front slash apply. Okay. Got to put that front slash or you're going to be like, I don't know, off in the, the world wide web somewhere. <laughs> but you can also, as I do. I know, right? So you can just find me on Facebook too. My name is Stephanie Ray, W R A Y. Awesome. I, I, yeah. And don't worry, we'll have all of the details in the, okay, okay. The, this podcast as well. Thank you. Anytime. So we come to the end of the podcast and I end okay. all of the podcasts with an eight mile moment. So I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. I love Eminem and he does all of his rap battles by saying the worst things about him. He's skinny, he's white, his mum lives in a trailer so that his opponent can't say bad things back to him. So Stephanie, yes. what are the worst things about you? The worst things about me? I think I can be a little bit of a people pleaser. I'm overcoming that though. Um, I think that sometimes I do things that aren't great for my health, <laughs> which I'm not disclosing. <laughs> like I really like, I don't, you have Starbucks over there, right? We do. Like I might have a Starbucks addiction. I think that's kind of a, a bad thing. Um, I think, well, according to the amount of Starbucks that you guys have, I think largely that's an American thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. So I would even call it an addiction. Yeah. Truthfully. Um, but yeah, we, we are definitely taking on the cafe culture here. Like, yeah. Very I think different. I, I think in the, I think I'm working on the things that you're asking me are bad. So I sometimes take on too much. I want to do all the things all the time. Um, I am sound irritable. So like my kid makes a lot of sounds and she'll like do it right here sometimes. And I'm just like, eh. I can just feel my nervous system like. So that I don't like that. I can't uh, regulate better sometimes when there's lots of sounds going on because sounds are like part of life, you know? Yeah, but I have misophonia. So I, yeah, I don't have a lot of hope with that. I, I try, mm -hmm. but it genuinely is a visceral reaction for me. Yeah. Yeah. I so think I that can't, I yeah. can't imagine trying to it's, regulate it. I can't regulate it. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, so let's see what else. I don't know. I think I'm super hard on myself and I don't really love that about me. You know, I can be super mean, not to other people, but to me. <laughs> Like, why am I like this? So, you know, all those kind of things I don't think are the best. Um, I'm kind of messy. Kind of messy. I don't know. Overall, I'm a pretty good person. I just have some bad habits. <laughs> uh, if we were perfect, would we be perfect? No, we'd be boring as hell. Come on. Yeah, I believe so wholeheartedly believe so yeah for sure well, thank you so much for being on the podcast stephanie you're welcome thank you for having me i really appreciate it no it was lovely and as always if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast you can contact us at podcast at find hyphen surveyors.co.uk say goodbye stephanie bye 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 bye
Bye.